Hello friends, James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, on the 3rd of September 2021, and you're tuned into Questions for Corbett. Today I wanted to start uh, by not being at my desk, sitting there uh, talking to you from a computer screen, precisely because I wanted to answer something that pertains to real life. Uh, namely, the question that I continue to receive on a regular basis from people all around the world, what's happening in Japan, and various flavors of that question to do with ivermectin and vaccines and other things. But instead of starting at the computer screen and going through the, uh, the sort of just what's, what the computer screen is telling us, I wanted to start today in reality, because you may have heard that Japan is under some sort of state of emergency. And while it is true that most of the country is either under state of emergency or quasi-state of emergency or whatever terms they're using, I wanted to show you what that actually looks like. Because at least in my particular part of Japan, yes, we're under a state of emergency right now, which means very little. Um, as you can see, shops are open, people are out. Um, yes, most people are masked most of the time, but there's no law or mandate about that. And uh, the only real restriction in my day-to-day -day life that I can even possibly contemplate is the fact that Businesses, uh, eateries specifically, are being, being asked not to serve alcohol because we all know that the virus loves alcohol and is attracted to it. And they are asked to close at 8 p.m. because that's when the virus likes to go out and party, right? The same kind of nonsensical, non-scientific mumbo-jumbo that they are rolling out elsewhere around the world. Um, but the keyword is asked. Eateries are being asked to do these things. And as I noted in previous editions of this particular series of questions for Corbett, namely number 57 on how is Japan reacting to the crisis and number 61, how is Japan reacting now? Uh, previously, Japanese politicians were saying, our hands are tied, the constitution, we can't lock down, we can't do anything, we can only ask people to comply. And that has changed slightly, as we will see, with some new laws that have come in to put at least some sort of fines into place um, to try to get some sort of compliance on these issues. But still, it is mostly, I think, a voluntary thing, and there is some pushback on that. Anyway, other than that, there's really very little change to day-to-day -day life here, as you can see in reality. And I wanted to start here um, specifically by highlighting that reality precisely because uh, we can get lost in looking at what the computer screen is telling us is happening rather than what we can actually observe with our own lying eyes, right? So that's what's happening here outside in actual day-to-day -day life. But to find out what we're being told to believe about what's happening in Japan, we're going to have to go inside to take a look at our computer screen and tell us what it can tell us about the world or at least about Japan. So let's start talking about that state of emergency, which you just saw what that actually physically looks like in the real world. But uh, on paper or on your screen, it will tell you that the Japanese government is considering extending the COVID-19 state of emergency covering Tokyo and 20 of Japan's 47 prefectures by another two weeks. As it looks increasingly unlikely, the current situation will warrant the lifting of the measures uh, as planned on September 12th. Um, and what current situation are they referring to? Of course, the Delta variant that's uh, causing the case-demic uh, peaking over 25,000 daily new infections and the number of coronavirus patients with severe symptoms stood at 2,110. And uh, you may have seen the coverage that uh, there was a few months ago, right before the Olympics, they were talking about Osaka, hospitals being overrun and bodies piling up and blah, blah, blah. I... 
I'm not physically in Osaka, so I can't necessarily speak to that directly, but I can say generally there are many, 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 many medical facilities in Japan, both private clinics and hospitals of various sorts. Um, the problem, as always, is the government and government regulations and uh, about treatment of COVID-19 means that most of them are not able to accept COVID-19 patients or are unwilling to accept COVID-19 patients. So there are very few um, hospital beds, or as, as it were, for treating COVID-19. That's a very different situation, of course. It doesn't mean that the hospital system is overrun and all of that. It, it means that there are, because of the artificial limitations placed on who can and cannot treat COVID-19 and under what circumstances, it means the hospitals are overrun and they get to report it as such. Um, but even that reporting on Osaka has died down, as you may have seen. Uh, now, this, of course, all revolves around the idea of this state of emergency and what it even is. And as I pointed out in that questions for Corbett at the beginning of this last year in March, where just before they postponed the 2020 Olympics to 2021, I was saying, oh, well, they're saying they can't do any sort of lockdown here because of the Japanese constitution. So for an example of that, we'll go to April of last year, where Tokyo Governor uh, Koike was saying lockdown in Japan is impossible because Japan's law puts emphasis on protecting personal rights. A lockdown is impossible, Koike said in an interview on Friday, adding that she can ask for no more than voluntary restraint. Uh, earlier in the day, she again urged the public to stay home at the weekend. So what can we do? Our hands are tied. This wonderful constitution means that personal rights are, are respected and there's nothing we can do. Which, if you're thinking, hey, that sounds like a problem reaction solution that they're going to use to try to gin, gin up with a case-demic to go, oh my god, look, people aren't obeying. They aren't voluntarily staying at home and shutting themselves indoors. What is the government going to do about it? This horrible, pesky constitution. Well, then yes, your spidey senses are working because, of course, that is exactly what happened in February of this year. The upper house passed a bill allowing fines for defying antivirus steps, which is at least a step towards the sort of firmer teeth that they would like to have in place to deal with all of these damn people not staying shut up inside when we tell them to shut up inside. So uh, the Upper House on Wednesday, this was back in February, passed legislative measures that will introduce fines for people and businesses that do not comply with restrictions imposed to prevent the spread of novel coronavirus. While the government had initially sought to impose jail sentences on COVID-19 sufferers who refused to be hospitalized, the plan was scrapped after talks between the ruling LDP and the main op opposition, the DPJ, which categorized such a step as excessive, dot, 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 for now. Um, before the bills were passed, prefectural governments could only make non-binding requests that antivirus measures uh, be observed, but now there's some teeth to them in the form of fines. Specifically, the bill on revising the infectious disease law calls for introducing fines of up to 500,000 yen, uh, which is, what, uh, something in the neighborhood of $5,000 American, for COVID-19 patients resisting hospitalization, and 300,000 yen for those who fail to participate in epidemiological surveys by health authorities. The other bill that amends the coronavirus special measures law also calls for fines of up to 300,000 yen for restaurants, so about three grand, for restaurants and bars that fail to cooperate with orders to reduce their operating hours under a state of emergency, and up to 200,000 yen for those that do not cooperate with measures imposed under the less severe declaration. So, um, again, as you've seen, that uh, there are all, uh, they're asking eateries to close at 8 p.m., and they can now enforce that with fines, but there's even pushback against that. 
um, interestingly and un-Japanesily, I suppose. Um, there was a restaurant chain that earlier this year, year did sue the Tokyo government over its COVID hour curbs. Uh, specifically, a Tokyo-based restaurant chain operator on Monday filed a damages suit against the Tokyo Metropolitan Government for ordering business hours be reduced as a public safety measure during the coronavirus pandemic. Global Dining claims the order is illegal and unconstitutional as it infringes the right to freedom of business in the first such lawsuit anywhere in Japan. The company runs dozens of restaurants, including the Gonpachi Izakaya Japanese-style pubs, one of which is famous for its scene in Quentin Tarantino's film Kill Bill. Um, the restaurant operator seeking only 104 yen, $1 in damages, demonstrating it is looking to shine light on the impact of government-enforced antivirus measures that it believes excessively hamper business operations and people's lives. Uh, the plaintiff's lawyer said imposing blanket restrictions without offering evidence that restaurants are a source of infection violates the freedom of business guaranteed under the Constitution. So after a revision last month, as we've seen, they can fine up to 300,000 yen if they do not comply. So I personally, I've lived here for 17 years. I do not know global dining by name. Perhaps I have dined in one of their izakayas over the years. I'm not even sure that one of the chains that they, I don't know what chains they operate. I'm not sure they're in my area. If I do find out, maybe I will give them some of my, um, my patronage just for standing up. But this was uh, from March of this year. I haven't seen any follow-up to this story so I, I think it's still in the courts. Um, I will keep my eye on it. But uh, an interesting little side note to this. Uh, Japanese restaurant chain sees shares tumble after short-lived GameStop-style rally, where they note that global dining um, surged 32.3% on the stock market here Tuesday. Uh, this was uh, several months ago, hitting its daily limit after it filed a lawsuit against the Tokyo Metropolitan Government. Um, its shares continued their rally earlier on Wednesday to hit a three-year high, rising as much as 13.7% before they reverse course to slide 12.8%, which means, of course, they're still up massively. And actually, interestingly, if you follow this, so this story, again, was from when this uh, uh, suit was first filed in March. But if you follow today to see how the stock is doing right now, you'll see that, yeah, there was a, that little spike and then a little pullback in March. But actually, since then, shares have really gone up quite significantly, actually hitting over 600 um, back in... Uh, I guess that was late June, and then now back down to 445, but still even higher than it was when it surged and then pulled back, according to that story. It's still way, way up, and I don't know if that's necessarily directly related to the lawsuit and people supporting this business. I'd like to think so, or at least I'd like to think that's part of it, but anyway, an interesting little side note about global dining. Um, so let's move on to the issue of vaccine passports, because... Uh, earlier this year, I want to say, or perhaps late last year, I remember there was a government minister, uh, Taro Kono, who was saying that, you know, we don't want to introduce vaccine passports in Japan. That will be discriminatory. We're not going to do it. Um, that seemed to be overridden by this story, which came out recently and which is taking effect now. Japan to introduce vaccine passports for international travel. Uh, Japan, Japan plans to introduce vaccine passports to make it easier for people who have been inoculated against COVID-19 to travel internationally. The passports are expected to be in the form of a smartphone app with travelers scanning Q QR codes at airports before boarding flights. 
and it's done in the hopes of resuming business travel. Uh, other countries are doing it, so Japan will have to consider it too, Taro Kono, the minister in charge of the country's vaccination efforts, said in a parliamentary session Wednesday. Kono had previously voiced concern that requiring certificate of vaccination could lead to discrimination against people unable or unwilling to receive shots due to potential allergic reactions or side effects. To allay such worries, the passport will also list negative results from polymerase chain reaction yay, and antigen tests, the sources said. It's not expected the scheme will be used domestically, for example, to regulate entry into restaurants or sports events. So that's what they were reporting in April. Um, QR code, smartphone app, you scan at the airport when you're traveling internationally. It will only be for international travel. And uh, it's um, uh, the passports will, uh, yeah, will also include information about negative PCR or antigen tests. But actually, uh, when it uh, was when when they actually started to launch it, it turned into something a little bit different. And let me see if I have my uh, uh, I have my tabs out of order here. So um, Japan's vaccine passport to initially be valid in five countries. So they um, in, in July they were starting to talk about what the system is going to look like when people start applying for it, uh, which happened last month. Austria, Bulgaria, Italy, Turkey, and Poland um, have made arrangements with Japan. Um, to accept their vaccine passports. Estonia has also been added to the list of countries as it does not require travelers to self-isolate. Maybe I should go to Estonia. Uh, the government reportedly plans to expand the number of countries to around 30, blah, blah, blah. And then you have this handy-dandy, here's what you need to know about Japan's vaccine passports. Uh, available in both Japanese and English, the passport will include name, date of birth, passport number, type of vaccine, date of inoculation. Um, as far as I know, it will initially be issued on paper. But the government is considering introducing a digital version at a later date, whatever that means. But for now, it's literally going to be a piece of paper like this. So unlike what they were saying, QR codes and smartphone apps and what have you, it is literally just a piece of paper. It has no information whatsoever about um, PCR or antigen tests or any of that stuff. It's literally just a vaccine certificate. And uh, in order to get one, you need your vaccine passport application form, your passport, your vaccine voucher, and your proof of vaccination, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you can read about it, I guess, if you want. But uh, as always, it's not turning out to be anything like they initially reported it was going to be. Um, from what I understand, it's already, they're already issuing them. I don't know. How would I know? Um, but there you go. So um, that's the vaccine passport situation. There is no, as far as I've seen, there's no talk of health passes to go into restaurants or anything of that sort. It's, it's just so far for international travel, but... When governments set up bureaucracies and set up things like this and then say, oh, but every other country's in the world is doing it, so we have to, you probably know where that's going. Um, let's turn to the other, one of the big stories that I'm sure you have seen in the last week or two. 1.6 million Moderna doses withdrawn in Japan over contamination. So about 1.6 million doses of Moderna's coronavirus vaccine have been taken out of use in Japan because of contamination. Several vaccine centers uh, reported the vaccine vials contained foreign matter, according to an announcement from the ministry, which added it will seek to minimize the impact uh, of the withdrawal in the country's inoculation pro program. Uh, the ministry said later in the day that the substance had been mixed uh, in, in may have been metal. It's a substance that reacts to magnets. And then it says, uh, Nasdaq listed Moderna confirmed receiving several complaints of particulate matter in vaccine vials distributed in Japan, but said it had found no safety or efficacy issues. It's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. 
Repeat it with me. So um, then things got even crazier. So a couple days after that, Japan probes two deaths after jabs from tainted Moderna batch. Uh, uh, probing the deaths of two men who received jabs from the batches of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine suspended from use due to contamination. The men aged 30 and 38 died earlier this month after getting their second Moderna doses from one of three manufacturing lots suspended by the government. The ministry said the cause of death was still being investigated and currently causal relations with the vaccinations are unknown. So I guess it's okay. Both men contracted fever after receiving the vaccinations and neither had any underlying health conditions or allergic history. And then they both died uh, within a couple of days. But, ah, you know, whatever. It could be anything. Who knows? It might have been an ill wind. Their humors may have been out of balance. Maybe they needed some more leeches. Um, Anyway, so... There you go. Safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. Don't worry. Whatever's being found in these batches, eh, who cares? Oh, two men died. Well, probably. We don't know. Who knows? Throw your hand up. Um, and then uh, I'll throw in the Japanese for people who can read Japanese. But basically, yes, uh, there's a Moderna vaccine uh, contaminant, a new type of contaminant found in another lot that's been discontinued. Um, this one in Okinawa Prefecture on the 28th. And basically saying that a, another type of uh, contaminant was found in uh, vaccines that were slated to be used in the inoculation program, um, blah, blah, blah. But they're being uh, withdrawn, essentially. So uh, so that, that was a completely different batch um, from Okinawa. And then we had contaminants found in more Moderna COVID vaccine, um, this time in Gunma prefectural uh, prefecture. The government said Sunday that foreign substances were discovered in Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine, the latest in a series of contaminants in the uh, company's products uh, reported in Japan over the past several days. So those keeping track, this is a completely different one. Um, Blackish foreign matter less than 0.5 millimeters in size was spotted during pre-inoculation inspections in a vial that had a different lot number from those of the three lots suspended Thursday. Uh, for use, and another found Saturday in Okinawa, containing black and pink substances. About 4,500 people received shots in Gunma under the lot number over the three days through Sunday, but no cases of ill health have been reported. Oh, good. And I'm sure that's, uh, I'm sure they would tell us if there were any. So, there's a lot of contaminants being found. This seems like it might be a bit of a problem. Two people reported dead. People over here might be getting a little bit concerned, don't you think? Oh, don't worry. Foreign matter in Moderna COVID vaccine identified as stainless metal. All right, there you go. Uh, the foreign material found in some lots of Moderna's vaccine distributed but uh, suspended from use in Japan has confirmed what's confirmed to be stainless steel that was mixed during the manufacturing process. So the substance was likely was confirmed, and we know this, but it was likely blended due to friction between two pieces of metal installed in the production line, which was caused by an inappropriate setup. According to a probe by U.S. drug maker Moderna and Takeda Pharmaceutical Co., the vaccine's distributor in Japan, stainless steel is used uh, in such products as heart valves and joint replacements, so it's as good as mother's milk, right? Um, Not expected that the injection of the particles identified in these lots in Japan would result in increased medical risk said the companies. <laughs> oh, well, well, okay, let's take their word for it. When has Big Pharma ever lied to you? But yeah, so yeah, you can mix whatever kind of crap you want in there and shove it in your arm and it's fine. I mean, it might cause a little bit of local muscular reaction, but that's it. Um, so there are no other lots affected by the manufacturing issue. So they're talking about these three lots in particular 
the ones that were suspended, the 1.6 million doses, the one that started this story, these, there are no other lots affected by this manufacturing issue at a plant in Spain. And Takeda said it will start recalling the three lots on Thursday. Okay. So what about that other, the uh, Guma and the uh, Okinawa that seem to be separate? Those were different lots, right? Oh, don't worry. Japan Health Minister says Moderna vaccine contaminants likely from needle stick. So this one's talking about the southern prefecture of Okinawa um, was caused when needles were stu stuck into the virals, uh, vials. The health ministry said later needles may have been incorrectly inserted into vials, breaking off bits of the rubber stopper. Whatever the reason for the reform, whatever the reason, we've heard that there is no safety or other issues, health minister uh, Norihisa Tamura told reporters, adding that it was not uncommon for foreign materials to enter a vial with other vaccines. All right, cool. Well, it happens all the time, guys. Don't worry about it. It's just stuff breaking off in there and, you know, it just happens. So, case closed, guys. It was stainless steel that just somehow, because of one manufacturing process in one that only applied to this, these three lots, somehow or other got in there. But no worries. No health effects. And, oh, yeah, they were just shoving it in there wrong. Some of the stopper got in. That's all. No big deal. No health effects. Two men died, but don't think too much about that, right? So anyway, um, that's what they're saying about that at this point anyway. And in case you thought that it in any way whatsoever derailed the, um, the plans for the rollout of the vaccines here, they certainly have not. So anyway, um, let's go to the other big story that I know a lot of people in the independent media have been talking about uh, in recent weeks, which is ivermectin. What is the deal with ivermectin in Japan? I, uh, Japan is okay ivermectin or something, right? And they're now they're using that, and they're, so they don't need the jabs or something along those lines, right? No, what? Let's go through that a little bit. So back in May of last year, um, they had this in uh, Nikkei Asia, parasite-killing drug ivermectin heads into coronavirus trials. Talking about ivermectin, it was, of course, famously discovered by a uh, Japanese researcher and blah, blah, blah. Merck's Japanese arm said it will discuss the clinical trial, as in clinical trial of ivermectin for COVID-19, with Kitasato University. Uh, the study scale has yet to be set, but Japan imports the materials used to produce ivermectin and securing their supply could pose a challenge if the drug is cleared to treat the coronavirus, um, because there's just not enough of it, right? Um, so that was in May of last year. Um, well, where where is that sitting now? Well, as of August 4th, 2021, uh, Mainichi Japan was reporting, what is ivermectin and is it effective in treating COVID-19 and blah, blah, blah. Is ivermectin being used to treat coronavirus patients? Ivermectin is being used to treat COVID-19 patients in Brazil and Peru, among other places, but it has not yet been approved in Japan. It has not yet been approved in Japan. In March, the World Health Organization recommended that it be used only in clinical trials as the evidence on its effects is of very low certainty. Um, Large-scale clinical trials are being conducted in the UK and pharmaceutical companies in Japan are also planning to engage in clinical trials. Are these the same clinical trials they were talking about in May of 2020? Merck's Japanese arm saying it was going to participate or was looking at participating in that and now they're still planning it in August of 2020? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know which trials they're talking about here. But anyway, it's still not approved in Japan. Um, but... This, this interview has been making the rounds lately with the head of the Tokyo Metropolitan Medical Association, um, whose name is going to 
escape my uh, Ozaki uh, Haruo Ozaki, uh, who was uh, is the chairman of the Tokyo Medical uh, Metropolitan Medical Association, and he has been calling for the use of ivermectin to be approved. But if you read through this um, this interview, obviously you can use a translator if you don't read Japanese. Um, but essentially, the main points that they're making here, um, uh, ivermectin. Papers have been published, um, effective in treatment, but it has not been, um, it, its use has not been furthered in Japan. Um, it should be, now that the, uh, the case-demic is exploding, it should be approved for use, but um, it is not covered by the Japanese liability uh, coverage, uh, and it's, uh, there, is, there isn't enough of it. Um, uh, if the if the Japanese EUA, the emergency use authorization, can be used quickly, can be applied quickly, um, it can be administered to patients um, who are at waiting at at home um, or or undergoing medical treatment. Um, the government should promote be promoting its use. So th- this is what they're he's saying, and this is an interview that was conducted by the Yomiuri Shimbun, one of the major newspapers over here. Um, uh, on this issue, they they talked to him because they know he'd been promoting this. I don't know to what extent, if you read through this interview, I don't know to what extent it's the reporter who is kind of making a story of this, as in um, the reporter seems to be actually feeding and trying to get this out of him more so than, I don't know, that was my sense in reading through the interview anyway, um, that the reporter is trying to make this a story. But for anyone who thinks that this is some sort of breakthrough and now Japan is using ivermectin all over the place and it's an ivermectin country, that is not the case. And um, it still isn't approved in Japan, as is, as they're explicitly saying here, um, for COVID-19 at any rate. Um, and there isn't enough stock, even if it was. Um, but just as an example of that, rather than the Tokyo Metropolitan Medical Association, which obviously is a smaller organization than the Japan Medical Association, you do not have to go very far on the Japan Medical Association website to see they are still promoting the vaccine absolutely everywhere. And they have their little, why should you why should you use the vaccine? Oh, the vaccine is safe and effective, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're still pushing the vaccine. They're going 100% ahead with the vaccine um, drive. Um, it's all about getting the shots in people's arms still. So I, I don't know what people are hearing about ivermectin in Japan, but it isn't actually taking place, at least not yet. There is one prominent person, the Tokyo Medical Association chairman, who is saying we should we should be using ivermectin, but that's about it. Um, it hasn't it resulted in any official policy change or any actual approval yet that I have seen anyway. Um, this was from a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't seen any actual change in Japanese policy yet. So I'll keep my eye on it. I'll let you know. But as far as I know, ivermectin still not approved for use for COVID-19 in Japan. Okay, let's go uh, just through a few other stories, because you know what? There are actually other things taking place in the world other than the scandemic. I know that's hard to believe, <laughs> but there are other things happening. So in case anybody, anybody is out there um, <laughs> who actually cares about anything in Japan other than what the scandemic is happening, there are a few stories we could go through. And I'll just note parenthetically on the sidebar, from 9-11's ashes, a new world took shape. But it did not last, blah, blah, blah. Um, Why is it so difficult to fight domestic terrorism? The war is over, but not Biden's Afghanistan challenges. So anyway, 
you see the narrative that is being pushed everywhere, including in Japan. Um, but uh, the Tokyo Olympics are rigged to fail. Why hasn't the media noticed? Uh, I did mention this article recently, perhaps on an interview I did or something. Uh, I will draw it to your attention. I think it's one of the more interesting analyses that I saw of what took place here with the, the Olympics just ridiculous Olympics that took place here that most of the population hated and didn't want to happen. It was a total flop in every sense. But maybe that was the point. And this is an interesting story where the writer is making the point the bungled Olympics is the best way to get Suga, the current prime minister, out of office. The worse things go, the better it will be for a lot of important people. So for those who don't know, uh, the uh, Shinzo Abe, of course, recently stepped down and he was replaced by this Yoshihide Suga. And Suga, I mean, just Japanese politics being what it is, and generally, other than Abe and Koizumi um, being the notable exceptions, Japanese government uh, tends to be a revolving door at the prime minister level, just every few months changing prime ministers. And this person is making the case that the bungled Olympics was actually being exacerbated on purpose in order to get Suga out the door. Japanese internal party politics, essentially. And that was the most, that was to me the most astute observation of what was happening there in the Olympics. And I don't see anyone, and I don't see anyone else picking up on that or understanding that that's, you know, that's how these types of operations work on the political level. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Update! Yes, in the mere few hours since I recorded this video, there is breaking news here in Japan. Suga says he intends to resign. Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga says Friday he will not run for re-election as party leader this month, effectively ending his tenure after just one year, his party secretary general said. Well, who would have seen that coming? It's almost like an operation to get him out of town was successful. Again, this doesn't amount to a whole hell of a lot for anarchist Canadians in Japan. But anyway, there you go. And also, this is an interesting take. So this was coming out of Kyoto News. Um, focus. Taliban's takeover in Afghanistan may prompt China to value Japan. <laughs> and this is one hell of a stretch. Even reading through it, I'm not sure I quite get what they're going for. But they say the Taliban's rapid return to power in Afghanistan, 20 years after it was toppled by the U.S., may prompt China to put more emphasis on relations with Japan, which have been frayed by several issues, including Xinjiang and Taiwan. And it goes on to say, as China's ties with the U.S. have been deteriorating, China also hopes that Japan, its neighbor and one of the closest U.S. security allies in the world, would act as an intermediator between the world's two major powers, the sources added. So they're talking to their diplomatic sources who are, you know, giving the skinny on what China is thinking. And I'm sure this source may have mentioned Japan in passing when pressed, <laughs> when specifically questioned on it. I do not think this is really a huge part of China's political, geopolitical calculus in Afghanistan, but Japanese press are going to make something out of it. And essentially they're saying, well, China would like Japan to be an intermediator between China and the U.S., right? Well, okay, I'm sure they'd like many things. Is that actually going to happen? I don't know. They go on to say, to avert the worst-case scenario, China would strive to deepen cooperation with the U.S. over the Afghan issue, and for that purpose, it might not take action that could hurt relations with Japan further. <laughs> China is likely to manage a well-balanced diplomatic strategy toward Japan for the time being. So, I, I, I don't know. I just thought this was a weird take, even given the 
probably two scraps of a sentence they got from one diplomatic source that maybe mentioned Japan in passing, but <laughs> Taliban's takeover in Afghanistan may prompt China to value Japan. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, but in reality, meanwhile, in reality, Japan seeks record military spending in 2022 to counter Chinese influence, so they're asking for $50 billion for next year to counter rising influence and aggression from China in the region. And what are they going to be using with this boondoggle? Oh, they're going to buy a dozen U.S.-made F-35 flying jalopies, the most expensive jalopies in the world, yay, and funding to develop Japan's first new domestic fighter jet in three decades. And that would be expected to be completed, I don't know, in the 2030s sometime? <laughs> give us uh, give us two decades leeway there. And cost about $40 billion, worth every penny, worth every yen. Uh, they also uh, intend to spend the money on compact warships and long-range missiles and hope to increase our, uh, its arsenal of space-related forces. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. And we'd like to control the weather and, and, and uh, I don't know, uh, control the, the, the movements of the stars and <laughs> we'd like to control the universe and just give us money, just give us money. So anyway, you can talk until you're blue in the face about how China may like to strengthen ties with Japan, but in reality, they're still using this as the excuse for the forever war. At the very least, at least this World War Three scenario that they're setting up is still a cold war at the moment. It's not a hot war, but anyway, a um, lot more to say on that front. Anyway, just to point out, there are a lot of other things taking place in this country other than the scandemic. I know everyone only cares about the scandemic side of it, but in day-to-day -day life, there's a lot of other things going on. And that, I think, is the point that, again, whatever you read, and I will put all the links to all this stuff in the show notes, so there will be a bajillion articles for you to start exploring if you want, and you can start to get an idea of the mainstream news sources here um, and what they'll tell you about what is happening in this country and what is not happening in the country. But as you can see, it looks a little bit different in reality. Reality. Remember that? What the real, actual world looks and feels and smells like? Well, anyway, I think the point is taken, right? That, yes, you can learn so much about what is happening in the world by reading about it on a computer screen, but it doesn't necessarily reflect the actual lived reality. And we all understand that when it comes to our particular neck of the woods, and we see the stories that are being portrayed in the national or international media about the place where we live, and we go, well, that's not quite right. That's... I mean, that's not exactly how it is. Well, just take that filter, that knowledge filter you have for when it comes to something that you understand completely, and apply that when you're reading about some foreign place that you don't know yourself. Um, generally speaking, reality is different. Um, and reality will assert itself. I have that faith. Um, on that note, in speaking of reality, there are various things happening in Japan that are... Um, hopeful uh, communities that are have popped up and people that are willing to resist the global agenda that is rolling out globally here and questioning all of the scandemic um, sorts of things. There's lots of resources online about that. I'll put some links into some of them for those who are interested. Um, I know I have listeners in Japan who are involved in some of those communities or looking for some of those, please use the comment section as a way of finding out more and exchanging information with others around you. Uh, I'll also throw a link into a recent article I wrote about agorism in Japan and the possibility of, well, the fact that there are agoristic type of communities that are flourishing here in various forms and um, more are possible. 
So as always, there's that side of things, but just wanted to update you about what's going on here and show you a little bit about reality and the fact that life does is continuing to go on here. Um, and I will continue to keep you updated on that as we continue to move forward into this brave new world order. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.